Act Two of the Duchess of Malfi. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Duchess of Malfi by John Webster. Act Two, Scene One. Enter Basola and Castruccio. You say you would fain be taken for an eminent courtier. Tis the very main of my ambition. Let me see. Uh, you have a reasonable good face for it already, and your nightcap expresses your ears sufficient largely. I would have you learn to twirl the strings of your band with a good grace, and, in a set speech, at the end of every sentence to hum three or four times, or blow your nose till it smart again to recover your memory. When you come to be a precedent in criminal causes, if you smile upon a prisoner, hang him. But if you frown upon him and threaten him, let him be sure to escape the gallows. I would be a very merry president. Do not sup a night's. It will beget you an admirable wit. Rather, it would make me have a good stomach to quarrel, for they say your roaring boys eat meat seldom, and that makes them so valiant. But how shall I know whether the people take me for an eminent fellow? I will teach a trick to know it. Give out you lie a-dying, and if you hear the common people curse you, be sure you are taken for one of their prime nightcaps. Enter an old lady. You come from painting now. From what? Well, from your scurvy face physic. To behold thee not painted inclines somewhat near a miracle. These in thy face here were deep ruts and foul sloughs the last progress. There was a lady in France that, having had the smallpox, flayed the skin off her face to make it more level. And whereas before she looked like a nutmeg grater. After, she resembled an abortive hedgehog. Do you call this painting? No, no, but you call it careening of an old morphewed lady to make her disembogue again. There's a roughcast phrase to your plastic. It seems you are well acquainted with my closet. One would suspect it for a shop of witchcraft to find in it the fat of serpents, spawn of snakes, Jews' spittle and their young children's ordure, and all of these for their face. I would sooner eat a dead pigeon taken from the soles of the feet of one sick of the plague than kiss one of you fasting. Here are two of you, whose sin of your youth is the very patrimony of the physician, makes him renew his footcloth with the spring, and change his high-priced courtesan with the fall of the leaf. I do wonder you do not loathe yourselves. Observe my meditation now. What thing is in this outward form of man to be beloved? We account it ominous if nature do produce a colt or lamb, a fawn or goat in any limb resembling a man, and fly from it as a prodigy. Man stands amazed to see his deformity in any other creature but himself. But in our own flesh, though we bear diseases which have their true names only tamed from beasts, as uh, the most ulcerous wolf and swinish measle, 
though we are eaten up of lice and worms, and though continually we bear about us a rotten and dead body, we delight to hide it in rich tissue. All our fear, nay, all our terror is, lest our physician shall put us in the ground to be made sweet. Your wife's gone to Rome. You two couple and get you to the wells at Lucca to recover your aches. I have other work on foot. Excellent, Castruccio, an old lady. I observe our duchess is sick of days. She pukes. Her stomach seethes. The fins of her eyelids look most teeming blue. She wanes in the cheek and waxes fat in the flank. And contrary to our Italian fashion, wears a loose-bodied gown. There's somewhat in't. I have a trick, may chance discover it. A pretty one. I have brought some apricocks, the first our spring yields. Enter Antonio and Delio, talking together, apart. And so long since married? You amaze me. Let me seal your lips for ever, for did I think that anything but the air could carry these words from you, I should wish you had no breath at all. Now, sir, in your contemplation, you are studying to become a great wise fellow. Oh, sir, the opinion of wisdom is a foul tetter that runs all over a man's body. If simplicity direct us to have no evil, it directs us to a happy being, for the subtlest folly proceeds from the subtlest wisdom. Let me be simply honest. I do understand your inside. Do you so? Because you would not seem to appear to the world puffed up with your preferment, you continue this out-of-fashion melancholy. Leave it, leave it. Give me leave to be honest in any phrase, in any compliment whatsoever. Shall I confess myself to you? I look no higher than I can reach. They are the gods that must ride on winged horses. A lawyer's mule of a slow pace will both suit my disposition and business. For mark me, when a man's mind rides faster than his horse can gallop, they quickly both tire. You would look up to heaven, but I think the devil that rules in the air stands in your light. Oh, sir, you are lord of the ascendant, chief man with the duchess, a duke was your cousin German removed. Say you were lineally descended from King Pepin or he himself. What of this? Search the heads of the greatest rivers in the world. You shall find them but bubbles of water. Some would think the souls of princes were brought forth by more weighty cause than those of meaner persons. They're deceived. There's the same hand to them. The like passions sway them. The same reason that makes a vicar go to law for a tithe pig and undo his neighbours makes them spoil a whole province and batter down goodly cities with the cannon. Enter Duchess and ladies. Oh, your arm, Antonio. Do I not grow fat? I am exceeding short-winded. Basila, I would have you, sir, provide for me a litter, such a one as the Duchess of Florence rode in. The Duchess used one when she was great with child. I think she did. Come hither, mend my ruff. Here, when thou art such a tedious lady, and thy breath smells of lemon-pills, what thou hadst done? Oh, shall I swoon under thy fingers? I am so troubled with the mother. Aside. 
I fear too much. I have heard you say that the French courtiers wear their hats on for that king. I have seen it. In the presence? Yes. Why should not we bring up that fashion? Tis ceremony more than duty that consists in the removing of a piece of felt. Be you the example to the rest of the court. Put on your hat first. You must pardon me. I have seen, in colder countries than in France, nobles stand bare to the prince, and the distinction, methought, showed reverently. I have a present for your grace. For me, sir? Apricocks, madam. Oh, sir, where are they? I have heard of none to year. Aside. Good. Her colour rises. Indeed, I thank you. They are wondrous fair ones. What an unskilful fellow is our gardener. We shall have none this month. Will not your grace pair them? No. They taste of musk, methinks. Indeed, they do. Oh, I know not. Yet I wish your grace had paired them. Why? I forgot to tell you. The knave gardener, only to raise his profit by them the sooner, did ripen them in horse-dung. Oh, you jest! You shall judge. Pray, taste one. Indeed, madam, I do not love the fruit. Oh, sir, you are loath to rob us of our dainties. Tis a delicate fruit. They say they are restorative. Tis a pretty art, this grafting. Tis so. A bettering of nature. To make a pippin grow upon a crab, a damson on a blackthorn. Aside. How greedily she eats them. A whirlwind strike off those bored farthingales, for but for that and the loose-bodied gown I should have discovered apparently the young springle cutting a caper in her belly. I thank you, Barcela. They were right good ones, if they do not make me sick. How now, madam? Oh, this green fruit and my stomach are not friends. How they swell me! Aside. Nay, you are much too swelled already. Oh, I am in an extreme cold sweat. I'm very sorry. Exit. Oh, lights to my chamber. Oh, good Antonio, I fear I am undone. Lights there, lights. Exit. Duchess and ladies. Oh, my most trusty Dalio, we are lost. I fear she's fallen in labour, and there's left no time for her remove. Have you prepared those ladies to attend her, and procured that politic safe conveyance for the midwife your duchess plotted? I have. Make use, then, of this forced occasion. Give out that Barcela hath poisoned her with these apricocks. That will give some colour for her keeping close. Fie, fie, the physicians will then flock to her. For that you may pretend she'll use some prepared antidote of her own, lest the physicians should re-poison her. I am lost in amazement. I know not what to think on't. Excellent. Scene two. Enter. Basola, an old lady. So, so. There's no question but her tetchiness and most vulturous eating of the apricocks are apparent signs of breeding now. I am in haste, sir. There was a young waiting-woman, had a monstrous desire to see the glass-house. Nay, pray, let me go. I will hear no more of the glass-house. You are still abusing women. Who, I? No. Only, by the way, now and then, mention your frailties. The orange-tree bears ripe and green fruit and blossoms all together. And some of you give entertainment for pure love, but more for more precious reward. 
the lusty spring smells well but drooping autumn tastes well if we have the same golden showers that reigned in the time of jupiter the thunderer you have the same danaes still to hold up their legs to receive em didst thou never study the mathematics what's that sir why to know the trick how to make many lines meet in one centre go go give your foster daughters good counsel tell them that the devil takes delight to hang at a woman's girdle like a false rusty watch that she cannot discern how the time passes exit old lady enter antonio rodrigo and grisolan shut up the court gates why sir what's the danger shut up the posterns presently and call all the officers of the court i shall instantly exit who keeps the key of the park gate for a bosco let him bring't presently re-enter grisolan with servants old gentleman of the court the foulest treason aside if that these apricocks should be poisoned now without my knowledge there was taken even now a switzer in the duchess bedchamber a switzer with a pistol there was a cunning traitor and all the moulds of his buttons were leaden bullets wicked cannibal twas a french plot upon my life to see what the devil can do are all the officers here we are gentlemen we have lost much plate you know and but this evening jewels to the value of four thousand ducats are missing in the duchess cabinet are the gates shut yes tis the duchess pleasure each officer be locked into his chamber till the sun rising and to send the keys of all their chests and of their outward doors into her bedchamber she is very sick at her pleasure she entreats you take not ill the innocent shall be the more approved by it gentlemen of the woodyard where's your switzer now by this hand twas credibly reported by one of the black guard excellent all except antonio and delio how fares it with the duchess she's exposed unto the worst of torture pain and fear speak to her all happy comfort how i do play the fool with mine own danger you are this night dear friend to post to rome my life lies in your service do not doubt me oh tis far from me and yet fear presents me somewhat that looks like danger believe it tis but the shadow of your fear no more how superstitiously we mind our evils the throwing down salt or crossing of a hair bleeding at nose the stumbling of a horse or singing of a cricket are of power to daunt the whole man in us sir fare you well i wish you all the joys of her blessed father and for my faith lay this unto your breast old friends like old swords still are trusted best exit enter cariola sir you are the happy father of a son your wife commends him to you blessed comfort for heaven's sake tend her well i'll presently go set a figure for his nativity Excellent. Scene three. Enter Basola with a dark lantern. Sure, I did hear a woman shriek. List, ha! And the sound came, if I received it right, from the Duchess's lodgings. There's some stratagem in the confining all our courtiers to their several wards. I must have part of it. My intelligence will freeze else. List, again. 
and maybe twas the melancholy bird best friend of silence and of solitariness the owl that screamed so ah antonio enter antonio with a candle his sword drawn i heard some noise who's there what art thou speak antonio put not your face nor body to such a forced expression of fear i'm bossler your friend bossler aside this mole does undermine me heard you not a noise even now from whence from the duchess lodging not i did you i did or else i dreamed let's walk towards it no it may be twas but the rising of the wind very likely methinks tis cold and yet you sweat you look wildly i have been setting a figure for the duchess jewels oh and how falls your question do you find it radical what's that to you tis rather to be questioned what design when all men were commanded to their lodgings makes you a night-walker in sooth i'll tell you now all the court's asleep i thought the devil had least to do here i came to say my prayers and if it do offend you i do so you are a fine courtier aside this fellow will undo me you gave the duchess apricocks to-day pray heaven they were not poisoned poisoned a spanish fig for the imputation traitors are ever confident till they are discovered there were jewels stolen too in my conceit none are to be suspected more than yourself you are a false steward saucy slave i'll pull thee up by the roots maybe the ruin will crush you to pieces you are an impudent snake indeed sir are you scarce warm and do you show your sting you libel well sir no sir copy it out and i will set my hand to it aside my nose bleeds one that was superstitious would count this ominous when it merely comes by chance two letters that are wrought here for my name are drowned in blood mere accident for you sir i'll take order in the morn you shall be safe aside tis that must colour her lying in sir this door you pass not i do not hold it fit that you come near the duchess lodgings till you have quit yourself aside the great are like the base nay they are the same when they seek shameful ways to avoid shame Exit. antonio hereabout did drop a paper some of your help false friend oh here it is what's here a child's nativity calculated reads the duchess was delivered of a son tween the hours twelve and one in the night anno domini fifteen o four that's this year decimo no no decembris that's this night taken according to the meridian of malfi that's our duchess happy discovery the lord of the first house being combust in the ascendant signifies short life and mars being in a human sign joined to the tail of the dragon in the eighth house doth threaten a violent death satira non scrutantur why tis now most apparent this precise fellow is the duchess's bald i have it to my wish this is a parcel of intelligency our courtiers were cased up for it needs must follow that i must be committed on pretence of poisoning her which i'll endure and laugh at if one could find the father now but that time will discover 
old Castruccio in the morning posts to Rome, by him I'll send a letter that shall make her brother's galls o'erflow their livers. This was a thrifty way. Though lust do mask in ne'er so strange disguise, she's oft found witty, but is never wise. Exit. Scene four. Enter. Cardinal and Julia. Sit. Thou art my best of wishes. Prithee, tell me, what trick didst thou invent to come to Rome without thy husband? Why, my lord, I told him I came to visit an old anchorite here for devotion. Thou art a witty false one. I mean, to him. You have prevailed with me beyond my strongest thoughts. I would not now find you inconstant. Do not put thyself to such a voluntary torture, which proceeds out of your own guilt. How, my lord? You fear my constancy, because you have approved those giddy and wild turnings in yourself. Did you e'er find them? Sooth, generally for women, a man might strive to make glass malleable ere he should make them fixed. So, my lord. We had need go borrow that fantastic glass invented by Galileo, the Florentine, to view another spacious world of the moon, look to find a constant woman there. This is very well, my lord. Why do you weep? Are tears your justification? The self-same tears will fall into your husband's bosom, lady, with a loud protestation that you love him above the world. Come, I love you wisely. That's jealously, since I am very certain you cannot make me cuckold. I'll go home to my husband. You may thank me, lady. I have taken you off your melancholy perch, bore you upon my fist, and showed you game, and let you fly at it. I pray thee, kiss me. When thou wast with thy husband, thou wast watched like a tame elephant. Still, you are to thank me. Thou hadst only kisses from him, and high feeding. What delight was that? Twas just like one that hath a little fingering on the lute, yet cannot tune it. Still, you are to thank me. You told me of a piteous wound to the heart and a sick liver when you wooed me first, and spake like one in physic. Who's that? Enter, servant. Rest firm, for my affection to thee, lightning moves slow to it. Madam, a gentleman that's come post from Malfi desires to see you. Let him enter. I'll withdraw. Exit. He says your husband, old Castruccio, is come to Rome, most pitifully tired with riding post. Exit. Enter Delio. Aside. Signor Delio? "'Tis one of my old suitors. "'I was bold to come and see you. "'Sir, you are welcome. "'Do you lie here?' "'Sure your own experience will satisfy you, no. "'Our Roman prelates do not keep lodging for ladies.' "'Very well. "'I have brought you no commendations from your husband, "'for I know none by him.' "'I hear he's come to Rome.' "'I never knew man and beast have a horse and a knight "'so weary of each other.' If he had had a good back, he would have undertaken to have borne his horse. His breech was so pitifully sore. Your laughter is my pity. Lady, I know not whether you want money, but I have brought you some. From my husband? No, from mine own allowance. I must hear the condition ere I be bound to take it. Look, aunt, tis gold. Hath it not a fine colour? I have a bird more beautiful. Try the sound, aunt. A lute-string far exceeds it. It hath no smell like cassia or civet, nor is it physical, though some fond doctors persuade us seethed in cullises. 
I'll tell you. This is a creature bred by— Re-enters servant. Your husband's come, hath delivered a letter to the Duke of Calabria, that to my thinking hath put him out of his wits. Exit. Sir, you hear? Pray, let me know your business and your suit as briefly as can be. With good speed. I would wish you, at such time as you are non-resident with your husband, my mistress. Sir, I'll go ask my husband if I shall, and straight return your answer. Exit. Very fine. Is this her wit or honesty that speaks thus? I heard one say the Duke was highly moved with a letter sent from Malfi. I do fear Antonio is betrayed. How fearfully shows his ambition now! Unfortunate fortune! They pass through whirlpools, and deep woes do shun. Who the event weigh, ere the action's done? Exit. Scene 5. Enter Cardinal and Ferdinand with a letter. I have this night digged up a mandrake. Say you? And I am grown mad with it. What's the prodigy? Read there. A sister damned. She's loose the hilts. Grown a notorious strumpet. Speak lower. Lower? Rogues do not whisper it now, but seek to publish it, as servants do the bounty of their lords, aloud and with a covetous searching eye to mark who knows them. Oh, confusion seize her! She hath had most cunning bonds to serve her turn, and more secure conveyances for lust than towns of garrison for service. Is it possible? Can this be certain? Rhubarb! Over oh, rhubarb to purge this collar! Here's the cursed day to prompt my memory, and there shall stick till of her bleeding heart I make a sponge to wipe it out. Why do you make yourself so wild a tempest? <laughs> Would I could be one that I might toss her palace about her ears, root up her goodly forests, blast her meads, and lay her general territories waste as she hath done her honors. Shall our blood the royal blood of Aragon and Castile be thus attainted. Apply desperate physic. We must not now use balsam, but fire the smarting cupping glass, for that's the mean to purge infected blood, such blood as hers. There is a kind of pity in my eye. I'll give it to my handkerchief, and now tis here, I'll bequeath this to her bastard. What to do? Why? To make soft lint for his mother's wounds when I have hewed her to pieces. Cursed creature. Unequal nature to place women's hearts so far upon the left side. Foolish men that e'er will trust their honor in a bark made of so slight weak bulrush as is woman. Apt every minute to sink it. Thus ignorance, when it hath purchased honor, it cannot wield it. Methinks I see her laughing. Excellent hyena, talk to me somewhat quickly, or my imagination will carry me to see her in the shameful act of sin. With whom? Happily with some strong-thighed bargeman, or one of the woodyard that can coit the sledge or toss the bar, or else some lovely squire that carries coals up to her privy lodgings. You fly beyond your reason. Go to, mistress! Tis not your whore's milk that shall quench my wildfire, but your whore's blood! How idly shows this rage which carries you, as men conveyed by witches through the air on violent whirlwinds. 
This intemperate noise fitly resembles deaf men's shrill discourse, who talk aloud, thinking all other men to have their imperfection. Have not you my palsy? Yes, but I can be angry without this rupture. There is not in nature a thing that makes man so deformed, so beastly, as doth intemperate anger chide yourself. You have divers men who've never yet expressed their strong desire of rest, but by unrest, by vexing themselves. Come, put yourself in tune. So I will only study to seem the thing I am not. I could kill her now, in you or in myself, for I do think it is some sin in us. Heaven doth revenge by her. Are you stark mad? I would have their bodies burnt in a coal pit with the vintage stopped that their cursed smoke might not ascend to heaven, or dip the sheets they lie in in pitch or sulphur, wrap them in it, and then light them like a match, or else to boil their bastard to a cullis, and give it his lecherous father to renew the sin of his back. I'll leave you. Nay, I have done. I am confident, had I been damned in hell, and should have heard of this, it would have put me into a cold sweat. In! In! I'll go sleep. Till I know who loves my sister, I'll not stir. That known, I'll find scorpions to string my whips and fix her in a general eclipse. Excellent. End of Act Two.